Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Today we want to explore, of course, the journey into the new life. Of course, if you want to go the journey into new life, then there needs to be some journey into a death. And death is not always a comfortable subject. We often talk about death and it's a very physical, overwhelming encounter. Death is a kick in the guts. Whether we've prepared for it, whether we've waited for it, whether it's a shock, it's a kick in the guts. But death needs to happen, and this is something that Jesus talks about frequently, to truly discover life, to truly enter into new life, we need to die to self. And self might be our, our ego, our idols, those things that have taken place of God, those things that have overwhelmed us, those things that have ruled us, those things that dominate our time and attention. Death to those emotions of our past, death to those things that have been spoken over us in our past, all those things affect our ego affect how we view the world, how we view ourselves, how we view one another. And often when we talk about death into new life, we talk about death into a new life that will happen one day when we take our final breath, when we do die in the physical sense. So we kind of, we might have heard that heaven will happen for us. And if that's our belief, if that's the, the sum of our belief that there is a heaven, or there isn't a heaven, or there isn't a hell, or there isn't anything in between, then we're leading pretty miserable lives, to be quite honest. And there's plenty of people in the church who believe that we're just hanging out for heaven to come. (laughs) And so we kind of go through the motions, and we miss out on this abundant life that Jesus promises. And we've discussed the nature of journey, we've discussed the nature of journey that is full of surprises, knocks and distractions, and we have to decide what we carry with us and what will, what will rule us. So we don't, we don't like that word very much. We don't like the idea of rule or kingship or the reign of God, the kingdom of God. It's not familiar language to us, particularly in a Western civilization. We like our freedom. We demand our freedom, in fact. <laughs> Just very few of us live freely. <laughs> and we have to decide what we carry and to decide what we carry we have to decide what we surrender what we leave behind what we will die to so that we might journey into new life see as with good friday the death of jesus easter sunday is about people the relationship between god each other the brokenness and the desire for restoration see we know the story we expect the story the story is of course the empty tomb that's the point right the empty tomb is the point yeah And we know that to be the truth. But we've also missed the point at the same time. uh, We're going to be following along Luke 24. And if you've got your YouVersion Bible app, you might like to switch your Bibles on or turn to your Bibles. Um, And there's Bibles up the back. If you haven't brought one, you'd like one. And if you haven't got one, take one home. But we've often missed the point at the same time as seeing the point. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember 
how he told you while he was still with you. um, In Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. See, we often expect to encounter God and then are disappointed because he doesn't show up in the way that we expect him to. And some of you might be sitting in that right now. Well, hang on, I've heard this Easter story before. I know this Easter story. And yet God still hasn't shown up like I thought he would. Welcome to the Easter story. So I want to say to you in this, when God isn't working or revealing himself how we thought he would, pay attention and be expectant. Because like a seed that's planted in the ground, there is something happening in the darkness that you are not yet aware of. Like a seed that's planted in the ground, there is something that is happening in the darkness that you are not yet aware of. Be ready, be expectant. See, he is alive. Jesus is alive and he might be preparing, I believe he will be preparing, something else for you, something that is taking shape. See, at this stage, the women haven't even encountered Jesus. All they've encountered... Um, the Gospel of Luke tells us, are two men that appear like lightning. Now, I don't even, like that artist impression barely scratches the surface of what that might have looked like for me. (laughs) But they are invited to remember. And they're invited to remember specifically the words, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. But I can't help but wonder if they actually remembered a whole lot more about what was happening. Do you think after watching Jesus for a number of years, you would have remembered not only those words, but you would have remembered the relationships that he had with those who were sick. You would have remembered the relationships that he had with those um, with the families who had dying people in their families. You would have remembered the, the things that he said in the synagogue. You would have remembered the hope that he proclaimed, the love that he demonstrated. You would have remembered the joy that people experienced when they encountered the living Jesus, wouldn't you? And we have this weekly reminder as we've participated in and we've journeyed into. We have a weekly reminder because we want to remember the Often we talk about it in terms of the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you can't have death without his life. And we're not actually invited to remember the death and resurrection and then sit back and go, oh, this is all very nice until heaven happens for us. We're actually invited into his life, into his purpose and his meaning, but often there's a whole lot of other things that distract us. See, when we're invited to participate in the good news, I think that we're just as as I've considered these, the response of these women, that were more significantly invited to remember when you first recognised Jesus as Lord. What was that like for you? What did you experience? What did you encounter? Why? What was it that all of a sudden you went, oh, I need to step into this? What was that like? And when you had to do it again because you drifted away, what was that like? 
When you first felt and heard who the living, this risen Jesus was, when you um, responded to what has been spoken over your life, when that moment when you remembered and heard for the first time that you are a child of God and you don't have to live according to your past. What was that like? What is it like to remember the wider story of God's faithfulness and the promise of his work? So remember, remember not only the empty tomb, but the story of Jesus in your story and your invitation and your response. And then I want to say, don't be discouraged in sharing your story. Because what I, what I think happens, and particularly amongst our church today, and I say our church is in the Horsham Church of Christ, those of us who are followers of Jesus, I think we get a bit embarrassed about our story because we don't think we've got much of a story to tell. But your story might be the very story that your neighbour, your colleague, your family member needs to hear and be reminded of. Um, the women came back from the tomb in chapter 24, verse 9 of Luke. They told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, <coughs> and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like to them nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Dare I say that obviously women have better memories than men. There's a whole lot of other things we could say about this, but we'll just move on, will we? See, I, I want to know what it is, what's the difference between the women who went to the tomb and only found um, men gleaming like lightning, that they remembered, obviously there was something else spoken, remember what Jesus said, the Son of Man must die on the third day be raised again. But Peter is told these things from the women, it sounds like nonsense, he goes and sees it, but he just walks away wondering. So in this, I think there's a great encouragement for us. Do not be discouraged if people walk away and don't respond in the way that you think they should. Because I think sometimes as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we kind of tell our story, we try and live faithfully, but people aren't falling down at our feet or wherever we expect them to do, and they're not showing up and they're not following Jesus. That's not actually up to us. And we need to be reminded of that and remember that. What is up to us is to tell the story. And sometimes, probably more often than not, we have to get ourselves out of the way and point to Jesus. This is who Jesus is for me. This is what Jesus has done. This is what I believe Jesus is calling us to. We need to get rid of our I language when we tell our stories. If people don't respond in a way that we expect, be faithful, be prayerful. Because even if you think something hasn't been, or even if you think there hasn't been anything received or heard, people might respond later. See, we need to leave people to journey so that they can encounter and discover the risen Jesus for themselves. Let the Spirit stir because when we are unsettled and when other people are unsettled, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. 
See, what we have heard cannot be unheard and what we have seen cannot be unseen. Here is no longer the same and we are moving there to something that we don't yet recognise. This, if you like, is the full picture of Abram who was called out of his family. Abram, pack up your belongings, pack up your family and go to a place that I will show you. This resurrected Jesus is the completion of that story. Go to a country that I will show you. And we see this again when Jesus meets two disciples walking. He meets two disciples walking. There's no sense of going home. There's simply, as we said, a a here to there. They knew that something had shifted for them. They were talking about everything that had happened. And these two men, seemingly without any intent in searching for Jesus, they encounter him but don't recognise him. And I wonder how many moments in our day we don't recognise the revelation of God. I wonder how many moments in our day we don't recognise the opportunity to reveal something of the heart of God. When someone is angry against us, when we've upset someone, when someone has upset us, an opportunity to reveal the spirit of Jesus, the presence of God. When something doesn't go according to our way, when we're struggling to pay the bills, when we lose our jobs, when we're not happy in our jobs, the opportunity to see the presence of God. When we're wandering around in between here, from the here to there, and we don't know what there looks like, the opportunity to trust in the presence of God. You can't unhear what you have heard or unsee what you have seen, but you know that you are different. And even if you're here today and you've been walking away from faith or you're reconnecting with Jesus, you know that somewhere deep down there is something stirring that you just cannot be the same anymore. See, the breaking of bread and the sharing of cup has to come with a declaration. This is true. We have seen, we have heard, we have encountered. Jesus is alive. And up until now, it's just about remembering and wondering. It has been a story that other people have been telling, but now their eyes are opened. And we read in uh, chapter 24, verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and it disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. When you read this in your heads, you need to read this with expression. (laughs) I think sometimes we read the Bible story and we go, oh, it is true. Imagine they've just run back, they've just gone back from where, on the road to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, they've bolted back. There's a sense of urgency. They burst through the door. It is true. What do you think? 
They've burst through the door. It is true. We've seen the risen Jesus. And if you've come up from your sleep, then thank goodness. I don't know. I, just, I know for myself, I read this and I go, oh, yeah, I've seen this story. It is true. I need something to awaken within me. See, what's, what's interesting in this is that at this stage, so the women haven't seen Jesus. Notice the progression here. Notice the story unfolding. The women haven't seen Jesus, but they're convinced enough to go back and tell the others. These two men, Peter's still wandering somewhere, probably in this room. These men haven't seen the wounds of Jesus, but they're convinced enough to run back to where they have come from and tell the disciples. And so I think there's a sense where they didn't notice his wounds, but we recognise Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And in the breaking of bread, it's recognising Jesus in one another and actually calling Jesus out in each other and seeing Jesus in each other and seeing the image of God as we are called to be the child of God in each other, reminding each other in the breaking of bread of who we are in God and then having a sense of urgency again to say it is true, even if it's only to ourselves in that moment. And as we have been invited, see what I, what I love about this is up until this point, these two men were strangers to Jesus. And I wonder how that changes the shape of how we gather to here. Because I think, I think in our language in Churches of Christ, particularly, I don't know if you're other denominations or other traditions, we've, we've grown up with a language that says, if you love the Lord your God, you're welcome to this table. I actually want to challenge that today and actually say this, this table is open to everyone. Even if you're not yet at a place where you recognise Jesus, declare Jesus as Lord, this is a table of welcome and a table of grace, a table of invitation. Grace being undeserved, uncertain, unknown, but it's a gift that we receive even if we don't know why. I think part of the invitation is to invite the stranger to be hospitable. See, the reality is we might not only remember or wonder, but something is coming alive and burning within us. We can't just sit around. It demands a response. It demands that we celebrate and proclaim Jesus is alive. See, once you've discovered life again in Jesus, you can't keep going the way that you have been. Finally, Jesus shows himself among the disciples, this group of people, these 11 and those with them. Jesus shows up. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Oh, come on, really? Oh, they were startled and frightened. See how peaceful these people are? They're startled and frightened. Oh, yes, let's receive that peace. No, they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. This is an incredible story of revelation. An incredible story of discovery and wonder and beauty and acceptance at different places. Some will know it because they've just got evidence in front of them and some need more evidence along the way. 
Look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So there are people who will say this is not a physical possibility and that's the point. This far exceeds any science that you can point to. There are plenty of Christian scholars who are dismissing this as a physical possibility except the invitation that Jesus says here, see, touch. And have you got something to eat for me, by the way? A ghost doesn't do that kind of stuff. And I want to suggest to you, if you're on the edge and wondering if this is actually possible, there is no way this miserable, pathetic, ragtag group of men have the capacity to endure what they endure for the next 40 years and this be a lie. There is no way that this story has the capacity and that I want to suggest there's no other story like it that has endured for as long as it has if this man was just a ghost. And while they still do not believe it because of joy and amazement, what does that mean? Have you ever been in joy and amazed and still not believe something? It's, I just find it intriguing. That's all. I've got no deep theological insight for you. Have you ever been... If you're a person of joy and amazed at something, do you go, oh, I still don't believe it? So there's some weird stuff that happens here, isn't there? Uh, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. <laughs> and he took it and he ate it in their presence. Love it. The women remember, Peter wondered, two men had their hearts burning. He's close enough to touch and they stare at him in disbelief. And then they have their minds opened. And here again, the progression. Um, they don't see, but they remember. Peter wonders. They see, and so they believe, have their eyes opened, and then they have their minds opened. So these are the things we can miss when we know the story. He says to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Now, we often think about sins as being something that we just do wrong. It's a list of rule keeping. But sin is something else. It's something much deeper, much darker and more sinister than that. Sin is when we stop seeing ourselves and stop seeing each other in the image of God. There's a whole lot of things that we've, we put up on the cross here. And certainly they're a result. When we put up fear, when we put up control, when we put up lust, when we put up addictions, when we put money up there, when we put jobs up there, when we put a whole lot of... That's all a result because we dehumanise ourselves and one another. And the cross, the empty cross, now symbolises that the reign of Christ, the reign of God, his kingdom 
is being established. It's not just a kingdom to be established. It is a kingdom being established here on earth. It is a kingdom that is established when you and I look at each other and see the image of God. Faith is the journey, and it's an overused term, but it's having our eyes and our minds open. It's becoming witnesses to, will we be the women who remember? Will we be Peter who wonders? Will we be the disciples who have our hearts burning within us, or will we be the disciples who gather and see but respond in amazement, and so much so that we need to touch and see? We are witnesses and we are invited to journey into new life with Jesus. Now friends, as we've been saying over the last few weeks, God has seen the misery of his creation. He has heard the cry of his people. He is concerned for your suffering and he has come down to rescue us and invite us into new life. And for all those who remember, for all those who wonder, For all those who consider and see, we are now witnesses to these things. Father, we want to honour you. We want to declare you alive. We want to say again that Jesus is alive, but not just as a, a few words expressed here and now. We want to express this as a declaration of life as we go from this place, that we might have the courage to declare that Jesus is alive regardless of what other people think or say around us, that we would have the courage to discover and be open to what you are doing in those dark places, in those places where it's not yet clear to us, that we would know to trust in you and continue to journey with you. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Open our eyes open our minds, cause us to remember, cause us to wonder, cause us to respond with joy and amazement. For your glory and your kingdom, may we not only wait for heaven in another time, but may we be a part of seeing your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus.